Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. The pandemic has shuttered offices, sending everyone home, in certain parts of the economy anyway. And now that companies have been like this for a long time now, much longer than we ever thought when this all started, I wanted to step back and just assess how is it going now? What challenges does it bring? What benefits are we seeing? And let's just talk a little bit about the future of work. Because for many, what was supposed to be just a little hiatus from the office is now permanent or just unknown. To join me in talking about all things work, I have an expert panel. They are all back for season four of Aim Higher. First, we have Tammy Spade. Tammy, welcome back. Thank you. Did you change your title? I did not change my title. So it's what still, are you focused still on? alliteration, people, purpose, and place. Welcome back. Thank you. And we also have Drew Bordis. He just was wandering by the studio and came in. Drew? Hi, Skip. Glad to be back. Against all odds. Again. <laughs> You're back. I did you back. change your title? I did not change my title. Not that I know of, unless Tammy did it. Still oh. still operations. She might come up with an alliteration for you. We'll see. And Elise Wampler, welcome back. Thank you. Also glad to be back. Did you change your title? Not quite. Still, still helping leaders with being the best version of themselves and employees as well. That's not a title. That's a mission statement. It's it is fantastic. a mission statement. I love it. But it's a good one to live by. It is. Well, let's start by talking about the positive aspects that have happened in the last few years as employees have moved to work at home. What have you seen are some of the benefits from working at home? Who wants to start? I can start. Probably the one of the biggest benefits is the commute and the elimination of the commute. You get a lot of time back when you're not driving 20, 30, 40 or more minutes both ways to work. And so, the stress, too. It's not just the time. And the stress, yeah. Getting into your car, anticipating rush hour, the errors of other drivers, never you, but of other drivers. Other dri Who are these people That's on right. the road? That's right. And then you arrive at the office frustrated and angry. So, you know, I, I instead, you're just kind of walking around the dog toys in the living room and maybe stubbing your toe there. But otherwise, the commute has been a, a nice advantage of working at home, not having the commute. And I found that the stress coming into the office may be not as bad as if you have stress when you're returning home and bring That's that into true. your house. So yeah, less, less stress, less commuting. What else have you seen? Some of the benefits of working at home? You know, I've always been an early bird when it comes to work. So usually in by 7 a.m. and ready to go because I get most of my, the best work out of me is usually in the morning. And with working from home, I actually start even earlier than 7 how early do you start? Uh, sometimes at 6 or 6.30. Okay. That's so just and a then take a little mid-morning mid break to get my kiddo off to daycare, but it allows me to get a lot done in that extra hour of when I'm at my mental best for the day. More flexibility. Mm -hmm. I do think the flexibility is fantastic, like you just mentioned, of you can... There's something about being at home where you're close to everything, where you can yeah. drop your kiddo off real quick, and it doesn't carve out two hours of your day either. So it's 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 a nice thing. So I, I think things like that, I think, are going to be fascinating to see if we can really keep that, because I think the flexibility is just terrific. The dress code is also, it, it just rocks. 
You like to dress good I do. at home. I am super effective in the summer in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> I'm not sure what you require in your home office, so I, I will just leave it there. But I will say people are saving time, but they're also saving money, right? So it's not just gas, which, by the way, there's an environmental benefit, perhaps, mm -hmm. by not commuting. There's less repairs on your car. I mean, I'm looking at how many miles I put on my car and how much it's dropped. I think we should all be negotiating with our insurance companies, right? Because we are all driving significantly less, I think. Less on the cleaning bill. I'm sure the local cleaners are seeing a big... Oh, impact. yeah. It'd be a bad time to be a dry cleaner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much less. I used to use them much more extensively. But I think that balance in life is there. And if anything, it probably has just shifted control. And I think this is such a big piece where you feel like you have more control of your day, of your life, in structuring it. I mean, you can't control everything, right? There are certain meetings or certain things that have to happen during certain times. But that control aspect, I think, is really definitely there. And all of that has led to happier employees. I would say another benefit that someone reminded me of just last week is you don't have to listen to that annoying guy in the cube next to you. I've heard that. I've had that feedback as well. When you're doing really focused individual work, mm -hmm. it's it's terrific. I mean, if, it, depending on your home environment, not everybody has the same home environment, but you know, you don't have the drop-ins in the office. You don't have the person next to you on speakerphone. You you can really get some. You can crank out some work, which is great. I think a lot of people have liked that. Or even the opposite, um, because I don't like a lot of silence. So I can turn my music on in the house when I'm working on something mm -hmm. that requires focus to mm -hmm. have some background noise and it not interrupt or bother anyone else. Well, like you said, control, right? Yeah. It's, it's up to you. And even that music selection, mm -hmm. because to some, a certain selection would be distracting. To you, it may be actually what puts you in that creative zone. Absolutely. I've noticed that as well. So I can blast certain types of music and be just fine. And if somebody else puts something else on at the same decibel level, it would probably be disturbing. It is about control. So let's switch to the other side. What are some of the problems in working at home? And before I go to problems, I do want to remind you mentioned dogs, Tammy. I think that's another benefit. The dogs and the animals have benefited from mm -hmm. us being at home. Oh, they have yes. gotten the used dogs to are the... living their best life. Yeah, right they now. benefit. I don't <laughs> yes. know if I benefit. Yeah, <laughs> they yes. have. They have really enjoyed the social aspect of having you at home. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're not, it's a major emotional transition. But let's switch to problems working at home. What have we seen? in that regard. Well, you know, Drew mentioned doing concentrative work and it's good to be able to work at home if you're doing something like that. The flip side could be true though depending on your household. On days when more people are in my household, I look forward to coming to the office because I do need to focus, I do need to concentrate, I can shut a door, and I could certainly do that at home, but it's just noisier, it's just louder, there's just more activity to be distracting. So depending on what's happening in your home, I think that can be a disadvantage, it, it can be a challenge. What else are we seeing problems working at home? What would you add to Tammy's start? I think relationships are suffering big time mm -hmm. as, as this continues. Early on, I feel like we did a good job of connecting with people where we can and how we can. But when you work in a virtual setting like this, you have to be really purposeful about relationships. And that's yes. fallen by the wayside a lot. And whether you're introverted or extroverted, it's impacting people both. 
even if you don't like a lot of relationships, it's still having an impact on those folks. So yeah, less true connection. It yeah. seems I, I do wonder whether we are shifting f- into becoming all gig workers, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Where, mm-hmm. where we used to work in an employer, you sense loyalty between teams, between people. And now that spread out sense gives you a little bit more disconnection in terms of relationships, but thus are we even more distant? And where is that line between the gig worker who's coming in and out for something specific versus employees? I think that's changing the Mm -hmm. nature of work. I think it'll be fascinating when we hit an extra session and we'll see where that actually does land. I think I think we're in a spot right now where everybody's a genius, everybody can work from home, there's no rules, everything's changing. It reminds me of the late 90s dot-com boom. And then 2001 hit and all the rules that were changing went right back to where they were. So I do think it would be risky right now to say, you know what, Skip, I'm moving to Montana, haha, there's nothing you can do about it and I'm gonna keep my job and let's, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I do think there are some permanent structural changes that have happened as technology's improved, but sure. I do see your warning, and I think it's a good one because who knows? Right, just right? be careful. It's it, not it's, just the pandemic and the work-from-home phenomenon. It's that we have the hottest economy, right. trillions of dollars of spending in, in governments around the world, fake pent-up uh, kind of economic demand, and not sure where that will go when the when the economy shifts. I, I agree with you. Well, other problems in working at home. I would want to use the first one you talked, Tammy, about commute time. I think also less commute time can be a problem mm-hmm. where you don't have time to detox from the day before mm-hmm. you get home. And you're blurring that line right between family, personal life and home. And that can be good. That can sometimes not be good if you're, you know, on some stressful project or on Zoom for three hours and then you walk into the kitchen, it might be an interaction you're not used to or your family's not used to as you shift hats. You know, they're used to seeing you only one way and now they're seeing, as George would say, my worlds are colliding. (laughs) And they have been, you know, with mobile phones and laptops and internet. And I mean, when you compare like work pre-internet, pre-email, you came to the office because you had to come to the office. You couldn't do work outside of the office. It was impossible. It's not that way anymore for us. And so the lines have been blurring, you know, on, you know, like checking your email while you're at dinner with your family, things like that. And I think this good and bad is going to force us to look at that and say, what is the point of the office? How do I separate at home and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to chuck my phone in the drawer and now I'm not working. And really make us look at that, I think, differently. It, there's a lot of opportunity, too. I know we're on the bad side right now, but there, there's there's opportunity in this to rethink how we do what we do. Well, there are two sides, I think, to any of these, technology being one, where you know we've just catapulted our ability to use technology to work together, to collaborate, to stay engaged, and that's a positive. The downside is what Drew was just saying technology follows you 24-7. And so finding those guardrails and those points where you can turn off is more difficult, I think. But I think one of the biggest challenges is what we were saying earlier about relationship. You know, think about dating. You write to someone, then you see someone across a screen. At some point, you want to meet that person. It's not that we're dating our staff members. Well, maybe some people are dating Oh, we just went to a bad place. We did, yes. 
Call HR. the HR person. Those are yeah. only avatars anyway, Tammy. That's true. That's true. They They're may not, not real. be real people. They're not real. However, I do think that getting together some of the time, and we've done this in many of the teams um, that I work with, being able to be together in person nurtures the connection, helps establish the connection that helps endure through this period where then you're separated or only connecting over a screen. Well, we talk differently. I don't know if you all have noticed. So I mean, true. When I get together with my team in person, we act like we haven't talked in weeks, but we're on video calls constantly with each other. I don't know why it is. I'm sure someone very smart has studied this, but we just speak differently. The conversations are definitely elevated. In particular, if you're talking about strategic topics or something that needs more of a fundamental understanding, a customer problem or complaint, you can get to issues at a different emotional level in person than you can uh, just on an analytical level. And I think there's this real energy that we emit as human yes. beings. And that energy has been studied. And when you bring people together, that energy is real and palpable. When you are on a video, I don't think it's there. And you are not picking up that same energy, momentum, excitement, or the reverse if you're not in person. So it definitely has those concerns. The other one is, I think, problems from working at home in many people's lives, depending, as you mentioned, on their home environment, Drew, is loneliness. Mm -hmm. And there are places around the world, I know Japan recently put a minister of loneliness in, other countries have done, done this, because loneliness has become such a mental health problem. So there's real positives to working at home, mental health, some people love it, they have more time to exercise, they're balanced, they're with their families. But again, that depends on your view, it depends on your situation. There are others who are much more isolated, mm -hmm. not seeing other people, miss the bustling cafe that they would go to can't connect in person. Even in person, they're connecting behind multiple masks and you can't really even see the person. It's not the same at all. They're not lingering. No servers jumping and sitting down with you and sometimes, you know, in your booth and just saying, how are you doing? It is this distance we've put in relationships. And so I've seen a real challenge for many sectors in terms of loneliness. Have you seen that? Absolutely. Even when we go into our daycare and all the workers have masks on, it seems like it reduces their desire to have conversations. Yet just over the summer when they were mask-free, just um, more open to having a conversation, something about that shift. It's a real barrier. It, it is. It is because it's harder to hear because you can't see someone's lips moving. So if you are not able to hear them, it's like, I have no idea what was just said. I find that all the time. I'm leaning yes. in going, what are you saying? I must have been reading lips my whole life. Because right, without even knowing it. I'm thinking, I don't know what you're saying. How do we help employees or team members who express loneliness in various ways? What tactics do we have to help them? Well, one of the things that we've done is just invite them in or create an opportunity to meet with them at a local cafe outside where they might feel more comfortable, we all might feel more comfortable, so that you can make that connection. I actually have a, a meeting like that later this afternoon with someone. So I, I think just inviting them to connect in person, if that's acceptable and it's something that they're open to doing. And I think too, just asking them the question, how are you doing? And giving them an opportunity to share how they're doing. You know, there are sectors of the economy for which this doesn't 
make as much sense. Service workers, healthcare, if you're on the front lines of healthcare, certainly, you know, fire, police, et cetera. But if you can give people an opportunity to talk about what they're feeling, that often is just as helpful as any other kind of intervention. Yeah, I think awareness, like you said, asking, like, do you know on your team who is in what type of, you know, who's an empty mm -hmm. nester who their house is completely silent versus who's the person who has, you know, six kids and four dogs and can't imagine a silent house. We all have different environments. Do you know who might be lonely and who isn't? A lot of us don't talk like that at work. Some people do, some people don't. And, and you know, now is the time to be aware, not, not to get invasive necessarily, but just know who should you be looking out for? Well, it's with, true. And also loneliness, of course, you can be lonely even with 100 people around mm, you. True. So, and, and, and we do want to tell people, if you're experiencing any significant signs of depression or other things, you may need to see a counselor to help you with issues that you may have, or you might need medication. You know, So I don't want to just say it's just about the manager talking to you. But I do think it is important for you to express your concerns and what you're going through because people really do care. And yet it's sometimes more difficult to know, I think to Drew's point, to just know what you're going through because, you know, we can't read your environment. When I love that question, Tammy, of just asking, slowing down and asking, how are you doing? Slowing down, Elise. I don't slowing, like slowing down, down. down. just a little bit. <laughs> slowing down so that way we can move quick, right? Um, but in the start of a meeting, just saying, how are you doing? Versus jumping right into the content sometimes to get we that insight. Sorry, we had a team member who, during the maybe darkest days of the pandemic and isolation, I didn't know this, but she had gone through a divorce just a few months prior. And she ended up leaving our company to go to work in a healthcare setting where people had to be in the office because she was she felt so isolated. We had someone on so our team alone. do that too. Yep. Yeah. And she didn't really share what was going on. You know, there was just a lot of chaos at that time and and I think we all regretted not maybe asking her and reaching out and, and knowing what was happening. Of course, she, you know, had the other side of that and, and could have told us and we supported, you know, her her move. But sometimes people just have to make a change, too, for their own. And I think health. that's one of those topics that comes up in person. I don't know why, but I think if we, you know, we had somebody on our team get engaged and we didn't know for months because she didn't feel like flashing the ring in front of the camera. I don't know what it is, but I feel like some of those personal situations, I think they come up over coffee. I think they come up in the hallway. I, I just, they don't, in, in a video call, you you don't do it for some reason. Yeah, you're more focused on the work. And work is changing. Permanent remote work, flexible work, hybrid work. It's all the rage. And I think that we're going to be dealing with this new environment for many, many years to come. It also has, I think it has a profound impact on career advancement on professional development, on getting that key plum assignment that could make your career like really different in a remote or hybrid situation than it would be in person. So I wonder how people who are spread out and connecting only via a video call will have the same opportunities. And it just will be different and it'll be mm -hmm. very interesting to see how that emerges for the next generation of leaders who are coming up. What do you think of that? Absolutely. Because sometimes like what we're talking about here, just not seeing people, not making connections with people, not knowing what people are interested in working on because we're not making those deeper connections. It's going to be harder as you think about divvying out work to a team 
who should do what based on strengths and opportunities and their growth if we're not having those deeper conversations of getting to know that individual. And Elise, what recommendations are you giving to people who you know want to be leaders, want to grow, who maybe don't know how to do that in this environment? It might sound like a broken record, but building relationships, getting out there, making connections with people that they haven't in the past, getting to know individuals, understanding how they got to where they're at in their career. But you only do that through proactively building those relationships. Because when we're virtual like this, we get right down to business in our conversations. So there's not as much time and opening for that. So proactively doing that and making those connections. And we do that even though you can see the cat jump up on their lap. So there may be some other opportunities. Right. (laughs) And icebreaker moments, right? Like that when that happens. Like the amount of times my dogs come into view and someone's like, oh, what kind of dog is that? Mm -hmm. And we start talking about their pets and animals and the role that they have in their lives. So. What a shifting environment we are in. It will be interesting to see the next generation of leaders and how they wrestle with this. And of course, I'm very interested, and we'll be asking Jason Dorsey in 20 years for us to really understand the effect of this generation, what it's going to be called and where Mm -hmm. it's going. It will be fundamentally different. Yeah, talk about before after moments for sure. I can't even imagine growing up in this world and masks and sanitizing everything. You like that, though, Tammy, don't you? Well, yes, I have the cleanliness gene, I guess. I do like sanitizing. I put a new package of wipes in my car this morning and felt real good about it. My (laughs) wife woke up and as we were having coffee this morning, looked around admiringly at her kitchen counter and was just immensely pleased and thought she would have a good day because of this. I think that's something only Tammy can understand. Yes, the the perfectionistic temperament and profile. I, I completely notice. understand it. So completely I, understand. I, tr- that. I tried to notice. It's a calming effect. It's a calming effect. Well, this podcast is also a calming effect, and so we look forward to seeing how this is going to develop, to watching people make the very most of the time that they have, whether they're remote, whether they're in person, whether they're hybrid, because no matter where you are or what you're doing. It's your job to adapt, to learn, to adjust, and to make yourself the best that you can be in order to respond to that environment. And that is always the way that you can aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.